1: Edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, and ho ho, it is Packers week. And not only is it Packers week, it is not Aaron Rodgers week. And thank God for that. We are fully focused on the Bears and the Packers and Fields versus Love this week. And then we are going to get off this damn game. I don't care if the Bears win 56 to nothing. We will talk about it a little bit next week and we will get off it because we have talked and talked and talked about this game. And I am ready for it to be played on the field. The guest this week, get ready, folks. It is Peter Bukowski, the Bears troll himself. He will be coming on the podcast, not just to talk Jordan Love and Fields, and I'm going to try and keep the conversation civil, as I usually do with Peter, but we are going to talk about a little wager, because I challenged Peter after one of his trolling Justin Fields tweets. I challenged him to put his money where his mouth is, and it took him a while. He dragged his feet on it, but he did agree to it, and I think a lot of Bears fans, they because they're still bringing it up on my Twitter feed, I think a lot of Bears fans miss that he accepted that, so we're going to go over it on the podcast, we're going to go over the parameters, and we are going to discuss what it all means for Justin Fields and Jordan Love this year, and who will be determined the winner of that bet. So Peter Bukowski is going to join me in a little bit, but I got to talk Bears-Packers first, because I'm just going to tell you one thing right now. And I said it in my Hot Take Tuesday column that, that I wrote earlier this week on Windy City Gridiron. Folks, I am scared shitless. And I don't swear that often on this podcast, but that's where I am. Because it, it's over. Because for me, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm different than the rest of you, but for me, when the Bears lost to Aaron Rodgers, sure, some games stung more than others. But in the end... I shrugged my shoulders and went, "Ah, what can you do? Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Bears. I say, "Ah, well, what can you do? Like that, that was my attitude because Aaron Rodgers dominated this team. I mean, literally each coach since Lovey Smith has won one game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Not necessarily Aaron Rodgers. He may have missed a game or gotten knocked out of a game. That's how Mark Tressman won. Shea McClellan actually knocked him out of the game. His one game where Shay McClellan actually looked like he belonged in the NFL. But that's it. Tressman won one. Fox won one. The Thanksgiving game. Nagy won one. The 2018 game in Green Bay. Like, that's it. So for each one of these last three coaches, they've only won one. Flues hasn't won one yet. He's only had one season. He hasn't won one yet. So Aaron Rodgers just beat the piss out of us for so many years, far for a certain extent too, not as bad as Rodgers. But literally, the Chicago Bears have gotten beaten so badly by Aaron Rodgers that you just shrug your shoulders and go, guy's a top five quarterback in the history of the sport. What are we supposed to do? But that's the issue now. Aaron Rodgers is not here. Justin Fields should be a better quarterback than Jordan Love week one. I mean, this is for this is Jordan Love. It's not his first career start, but it might as well be. This is the first career start where it's Jordan Love's football team. So there are no excuses. If the Chicago Bears lose this game, it is just going to feel like the walls are crumbling around this team. And, and I understand it's just one game, right? It is just one game. There are 16 more after this. But this feels like a loaded game. And you know the NFL did this on purpose. The NFL did this. They love doing this kind of crap on the schedule. They oh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. It's the the new era of the Bears-Packers rivalry. Let's do it right out of the gate in week one. And I just I look, I wanna have hope, man. I I, I wanna believe in in Tremaine Edmonds and, and TJ Edwards and Tyreek Stevenson being added and Kyler Gordon making the leap and Yannick Ngakwe being the only pass rusher they need and the offensive line gelling quicker than I thought and Darnell Wright's development and DJ Moore has 1,300 yards and Komet breaks out and the running game is just as good as last year and Fields is is a... I want to believe, I have hope that a lot of this can happen. But... They they bear it up. That's what the Chicago Bears do. They bear it up. And you know what word I'm talking about? It's not bear. But that's what this franchise has done for a lot of years. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the Chicago Bears were consistently the better football team. Yeah, you got to go before Brett Favre. I remember that stretch where the Bears consistently pummeled the Packers. Packers played dirty because they weren't good enough. So the Packers were a dirty football team in the 80s. Those Forrest Greg Packers teams, those were dirty football teams because they couldn't compete with the Bears. So there were late hits. We all know about the, the Charles Harris, Jim McMahon play. If you don't, go put it on YouTube. Literally the dirtiest play in NFL history as far as I'm concerned. You know, Matt Suey getting leveled. Like, they, they, they played like a bunch of bastards because they couldn't beat the Bears on the field, so they tried to beat them up. That's... Bears-Packers rivalry, I my fandom started it. But the problem is I was a kid. I was too young, and I did not appreciate that that was the situation. You know, you don't know the history. You certainly don't know what's coming up. So I remember the 80s and into the early 90s where the Bears actually beat the Packers most of the time. And the last 32 years, Packers fans, I mean, think about it. You got to be a 40-year-old Packer fan to even have a glimpse of a memory of before Brett Favre. 40 years old, you'd be born in 1983. Brett Favre started playing for them in 1992. That means you were eight years old the last time they didn't have Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. That's how long this ridiculous streak has been with these two stupid quarterbacks. So I am ready to be done with it. I, I, I just, it, look, and I'm confident Jordan Love is not going to be at that level, but if somehow he is, if this stupid franchise got another quarterback right, I swear to God. Now, I don't believe that to be the case. I think Jordan Love is a game manager. I think that's what he is going to be. He's going to be a guy that they, they will talk about, is Jordan Love good enough to win with? You know, kind of like Kirk Cousins, you know, but, but more of a game manager. Cousins is more of a roller coaster. I think that's what Jordan Love is, which I think is kind of perfect because that kind of puts the Packers in a tough situation to decide what they can do at quarterback. But please put them in a tough situation about quarterback. 32 years of this. I mean, you know how long ago this was? I i, I, I double-checked. The last Green Bay Packer quarterback to start against the Chicago Bears when Rodgers and Favre weren't on the team. So I understand they've missed some games and we've had a couple backup quarterbacks play against the Bears. That's not what I'm talking about. The last time the Packers rolled out a quarterback before they figured it out with Favre and Rodgers, it was Mike Tomczak, the Bears quarterback. He went over to the Packers after the Bears got rid of him when the Bears drafted Jim Harbaugh. That was the matchup. 1991, Jim Harbaugh against Mike Tomczak. So yes, the Packers don't always have it figured out at quarterback. They hadn't had it figured out For 20 years, in the 70s and the 80s, it can happen again, and hopefully it's about to. Because I just can't deal with another stretch of great play from the Packers. It is time to pivot this stupid, stupid, godforsaken rivalry that has tortured all of us for three decades. It is time to flip it, and it has to happen, because I just can't deal with more losses to the Green Bay Packers. My fandom and my spirit cannot take it. So please, Justin, please Matt, please Ryan, put together a team and play and coach like this team hopefully can be and turn the corner and be the football team we know it can be and beat these godforsaken Packers. I would be thrilled with 56 to nothing, but I'll take 14 to 13. I'll take 21 to 20. I'll take anything. I can get but because they are the Chicago Bears I am scared shitless that it's not going to happen we'll talk to Peter Bukowski next we'll get his take on Jordan Love the positives and the negatives we'll of course get into Justin Fields and we will talk about the bet and we will hope and know not hope know that Justin Fields is the better quarterback against Jordan Love by the end of the year he joins me next. This is Bears banter, Bill Zimmerman. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back into the podcast. So we are going behind enemy lines here. This is the third time this gentleman has been on the podcast, and I appreciate it every time, despite the differences that we and other Bears fans may have with him on Twitter. He is at Peter underscore Bukowski at Peter locked on Packers as well that's the podcast he's covering the Packers regularly and he joins me now Peter Bill Zimmerman how you doing
0: I'm good Bill I'm glad to be back Uh, and uh, I'm glad that uh, no one remembered that I said I would take Justin Fields over Jordan Love the last time we spoke I'm glad like no one remembered that that's a thing that I said that is a thing you said, and, and I will happily bring that back up because I have a feeling, <laughs> despite no games being
1: played other than preseason games, you have pivoted 180 degrees from that statement last December. But we will get into that here in a second. But I, I want to start off with, with kind of your content and, and what you're outside of Twitter and what you're doing with locked on Packers because I saw that you just had Kay Adams on. And correct me if I'm wrong, but she came on basically because of your Justin Fields trolling. Is that correct?
0: Well, she didn't come on because of my Justin Fields trolling, but um, she saw it. Uh, so she had some things to say about it. And I was glad that she did because, you know, she is a Chicago girl at at heart. And and um, I think takes some heat from Bears fans because she's been cozy with Aaron Rodgers. She's had done a number of interviews with him. Um, and because she has family that, that are Packer fans, she like loves her family and, and supports her family. I think her niece... Is a big Packers fan, and so people get mad that she is critical of the Bears and seems to have this, you know, other kind of relationship with the Packers. I don't. It seems silly to me that that they would be mad about that, but that's true. She comes on though and and gets after me about my Justin Fields takes. Um, does not think I'm being fair to him, and and was really appointed about it. And I appreciated that because again, she doesn't she doesn't normally um, wear her Bears fan hat that often, and I, I'm glad that she did. I, I was I was hoping she would.
1: Yeah, and look, and, and she, you're right. She doesn't wear the Bears fan hat, and you are 100% correct. The Bears fans have been going after her a good amount lately, and, and yeah, it's because she's criticized the Bears, and, and like you mentioned, the Aaron Rodgers thing. And Look, I, I'm certainly not going to hold any anyone any Bears fan in the media wh- if they're going to be critical of this team because, you know, if I'm being honest, this team deserves a lot of criticism over the last 15 years, you know, 20 years. They haven't had a ton of success outside of that first run with Lovey you know, since then. So you have to be, if you're going to be objective, you have to be critical. You can't just con-
0: continually drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, but the one thing- I, I do I do think I, it's important though to also point out, it does seem like there is a double standard for someone like her and let's say Kyle Brandt. And I don't know why that is. I have some thoughts. I have some theories on why that might be, but the, I, I don't think Bears fans necessarily have the same energy when Kyle Brandt has Aaron Rodgers on his podcast and thinks that he's the best and talks about how he's the best. It doesn't seem like they have the same sort of time and energy to go after Kyle than they do Kay. I just think that's worth pointing out.
1: I, I'd i have to dive into that a little bit more. I do agree that Kyle is, is cozier with the fan base than Kay is. I mean, but then there's, you know, other guys on NFL Network like Adam Rank, who is
0: very cozy oh, with
1: the fan base. In the t- tank. <laughs> because he, he loves his Bears and just will not criticize him. So you, you get all different kind of ranges yeah. within the media. But the one thing I did hear Kay say on your podcast is, that the Bears fan base is unhinged. And Mm. and here's the one thing I will say, I'm going to disagree with that. Now there is a section of the Bears fan base that is unhinged. All they care about is the Packers. I still think there's that group of fans where you say 15 and two and you, you know, lose to the Packers twice or two and 15, but you beat the Packers twice. I still think there's a group of fan fans that, that think that way. And that this rivalry means that much. And you can't criticize the team and everyone we have is going to be, you know, our fifth round pick is a future all pro, but the Packers first round pick is a bust before either of them have ever played. Like there's a section of that fan, but I think that's in a lot of different fan bases. I don't think there's too many fan bases that are pretty objective all the time. But the one thing I'll say about the unhinged fan parts of those fan bases It's kind of like the unhinged parts of political parties. They're the loudest. So you're going to hear them a lot more than you're going to hear the guys going, look, fields, you know, he he may not, he may be an MVP. He may be, you know, someone who's bouncing from team to team or he may be somewhere in the middle, like Kyler Murray. Like there are bears fans that say things like that, but you only hear the ones that say fields has already arrived. He's a top five quarterback. And that's where, you know, it gives the rest of us kind of that, that, you know, label.
0: Dave Chappelle had a, had a great joke about um, Twitter not being a real place and I'm not going to paraphrase it, but the, the heart of it is just that Twitter is not a real place. And we have to remember that sometimes that yes, um, there are some loud unhinged bears fans on Twitter. Um, all of them are in my mentions for whatever reason. Um, oh, and, for whatever reason. And you so, know well, you know, no, we man. know why we know why, but so uh, my, so I, I get a disproportionate view of what, Bears fans on Twitter look like right if you're if you're someone like Kevin Fishbane um, who just covers the team down the middle beat reporter that's it Um, and I don't I don't mean to disparage it it's not that's it but like that's where he keeps his focus right sure he probably has a lot fewer people in his mentions going oh and yelling expletives right so that's it's just a different I do a different thing than he does and so that's okay um, I signed up for that and that's part of the fun. And I, I said this on your show last time, like I like the back and forth. I like the rivalry and yeah, I do sometimes say things just to poke the bear literally and metaphorically. Um, I, I know because it's easy to rile up bears fans that if I just like say anything with the word Justin Fields in it, I'm going to get a bunch of bears fans mad at me about it. Now that doesn't mean I say things that I don't believe cause I don't do that. But sometimes like I, I had a tweet the other day, I'll give you an example that, the all three starting cornerbacks from the Packers have an interception off Justin Fields. Do I think that means anything? No. Did I think it would get some Bears fans mad on Twitter? Yes. So it's true that that's that is accurate, but does it mean anything? No. It's there. So that we can just we can have a, a a fun back and forth about it. Sometimes it's more fun than than other times for sure. But uh I do, I do like genuinely like the rivalry, especially when people keep it like relatively civil i try to do that in most cases just from like my end i, I told k like the justin Fields thing is not personal i have nothing against justin fields personally i what i have been pushing back more than anything i think and you know we don't we don't have to get into the justin fields thing right now if you don't want to but it's the thing that i have such a problem with is the anointing of fields before he ever played a game and that was loud on on bears twitter it was in the media it was this is this is the guy this is the savior this is the guy who will change everything and even this offseason oh justin fields this is the mvp season he could be this and this and this and some of it i think is fantasy football driven because he's such an, an explosive running quarterback like he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback all day no doubt but much like twitter fantasy football is not real fantasy is right in the name so i think if he wasn't gassed up the way that he is and it's not just bears fans it's national media too um I think Packer fans, and I'll I'll just speak for myself, I would push back less on it if that hadn't been the narrative coming out. Like Mitch Trubisky, I didn't say anything about Mitch Trubisky until like year two or year three, because in year one he was trash. What why would I talk? Why would I talk smack about Mitch Trubisky? He sucked and everyone knew he sucked. Bears fans knew he sucked. It wasn't until year two, Matt Nagy comes in, changes everything that Bears fans start to gas him up. And then the then then it changes. And then I feel like I have to push back.
1: All right. So since you brought up Fields, let's dive into Fields here a little bit, and obviously we're gonna get into Jordan Love. We've got a little wager we've gotta discuss here as well coming up here, but let's talk about Fields. And I think this is, this is what's happening, and this is what's fair with Justin Fields, is that, well, first of all, when you get to the draft and you talk about the fact that for the entire college season, it was Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two, like the entire year, and then for whatever reason, People started falling in love with Trey Lance and Mac Jones and, and, and Zach Wilson. And all of a sudden Fields is the guy that just starts tumbling down. I mean, we, we heard that Mac Jones might go as high as three, but they, you know, they decided to go with Trey Lance. So I think what happened is Bears fans who are desperate for a quarterback who just invested into a quarterback that went woefully wrong, you know, for, for four years because Ryan Pace refused to pivot off him after 2019 when it was clear at that point that he was not going to be the guy. And Bears fans suffered through a couple more years of that and then turn around, trade up, get Justin Fields, who a lot of people thought was the second best quarterback. So, yeah, Bears fans pushed it. And the media also, there were plenty of media guys that also thought Justin Fields should have been the second quarterback taken. Right, And here he, he had fallen all the way down to 11. And that starts the buzz. And, of course, the rookie season is a complete train wreck for multiple reasons. Last year was... Odd in a lot of ways because Justin Fields took things into his own hands, had some explosive games, and struggled a lot more in the passing game. But I don't think that was completely his fault. There were certain things he missed. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit there and say he was perfect. But when you have a woeful offensive line, when you have, you know, EQ St. Brown literally as the top target for multiple games, like he was once, you know, Chase Claypool was out of the mix, Darnell Mooney was hurt. St. Brown became like the number one option for him. You can't have that, Peter. He was on your team. You understand who he is. So there were things playing against him. Now, I will say this. Coming into this year, and and this has kind of been my premise with this Packers game, is there's no more excuses. There's no Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields has an excellent group of wide receivers and tight ends. I still don't love the offensive line. We can get into that if you want. But the excuses are gone, and we're going to truly find out this season who Justin Fields is, and he's going to either be going in the right direction, or if he's stalling in neutral or going backwards, then the Bears have another problem at quarterback.
0: So let me let me just make my case, right, for why I'm I, I need to see more from Justin Fields. because I think everything that you said is true. Like it is the case that he was not set up to succeed last year. I think I think there is some signal there. I think Ryan Poles and this administration, this new coaching staff, came in not sold on Justin Fields agreed. And so they did not surround him with, with pieces. And I think it's also the case that they thought the best thing for lo- the long-term health of this team is to not go spend money on Sammy Watkins or, you know, or, or some of the players that they signed this past offseason. someone like big Bob Tunyon, who, who my audience knows well, but then this year, okay, you see some development. You see, I think the run game, like if he doesn't run for a thousand yards, I don't think they have the offseason that they do. If he runs for 400 yards, I think he's done. Like, I think the explosiveness on the ground caused them to say, okay, he has this elite trait, and he does. There's there's no question about it. Let's see if we can help him with this other stuff and then get to where he, he can get to from a the, from the tools standpoint because he has physical ability, no question about it. I don't think he was in the worst circumstances in the history of the NFL, though. I just, like, I don't think that that's true. And so when you look at some of the numbers and the lack of just attempts, like, I think the coach not calling more passes even though you're losing every game is part of the signal here. I think the fact that he is one of the least productive quarterbacks of the modern era through 25 starts is a signal here. I think that's part of the problem. And when you look at some of the reasons for it, it's stuff that goes back to his college career. The pocket awareness, feel. Robert Mays, who is a Bears fan, mentioned this on his podcast. I don't know that feel is something that you can really improve. You either, you either do it, you have it, or you don't. And also, the quick game was something that he didn't really do well at Ohio State. He wants to push the ball vertically. I think an offense that suits him is something closer to like, what Bruce Arians was running. like Let's just chuck and duck. Let's just push the ball down the field. Forget this under center play action boot stuff. Let's just get in the gun and throw it deep 30 times a game. Like, I actually think that that would be the best way to use Justin Fields. I've made this case to other people. I made, I was talking to Carmen Vitale about this. Like, I think that's the way to use him. I don't think it's Jalen Hurts. I think it's like something closer to what Cam Newton was. They, remember, go back to 2015. That offense was Cam running and taking deep shots to Ted Ginn and Devin Funches and then Greg Olson over the middle of the field. Why can't that be the offense? If, if I were in charge of a, of a Justin Fields offense, that's what I would be doing. We'll see if that's what they do this year. But some of the intractable problems go back to college. And that's why I have an issue with going, his ceiling is still superstar. I don't know that his ceiling is superstar. And and I think that there's there's clear reasons for, for skepticism there. Well, and here's the thing. I don't think the Bear, He he's definitely a big, like you're, t- you're talking about the deep game.
1: He's definitely a big play hunter. Absolutely. I don't think that's ever going great. Right, lean into it. I'm, I'm all about that. But he didn't have the ability to check down and take six yards when he had to. And that was the issue. So if he needed to do that, he usually just tried to run for it. And, and that's where he needed to get a little more nuance within his game. And, and they, was it play calling? Was it fields not seeing the field? Was it, you know, the players literally not even being able to get open because they were so poor? I think it might be a little bit from every column. So I think that's what we're going to see. He trusts Cole Komet. He trusts Darnell Mooney. He's already got great chemistry with DJ Moore. Chase Claypool has to be better. Tanyan, you know, he'll provide something. He's got, you know, a couple running backs who can get out in the flat and get him five, six yards. He's got those pieces now. If the offensive line isn't great, he's going to have to adjust. That, like, That's it plain and simple. He's got enough weapons to throw to now. If he has to create an extra second or two to throw because, you know, the left side of the line can't hold up on pass blocking or whatever it might be, that's how it's going to be. So he's at a point now where he's got enough around him. He has to overcome it. So I think that's where we are this year with him. That's why this is a huge year. And I think that's why a lot of Bears fans are nervous and they're starting to chirp. So And of course, the guy they're chirping about the most is Jordan Love. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about Jordan Love. I don't want to spend this entire podcast on fields because Jordan Love, it's really hard to know what you have with Jordan Love because of the fact that he just hasn't played in regular season games. He's been out there a few times, made a couple plays, looked pretty vanilla for, for the most part from what I could see. Now, he had a pretty good preseason, but we also know preseason defenses are vanilla. They're not gonna hot they're not gonna do a lot of crazy things they don't want to give anything away in that preseason film they keep things pretty pretty you know straightforward and 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 love was able to handle that for the most part you know couple a couple errant throws that really made their way around around their Twitter yeah but so I'll ask you this with Jordan Love. If Jordan Love succeeds this year it's because of what? And if Jordan Love fails this year it's because of
0: what? I think if he succeeds, it's because he takes what the defense gives him. I think when he has had issues in the past and you look at his last year at Utah State, he tried to be a hero a little too much. He tried to do a little bit of what Justin Fields does with his legs, but did it with his arm. And he's got some arm arrogance. He's got that sort of Josh Allen, I can make this throw, so let me make this throw kind of part of his game. A little, dare I say, Jay Cutlerish um, at times in that last year at Utah State. And look, he, he like Jay Cutler can make those throws. That's part of the thing is he can make those high level plays, especially in the middle of the field. What he's done a really good job of this year is avoiding the mistakes. Okay. I'm going to get to the top of my drop. If I don't like it where I want to go with the ball, it's out to a running back. It's they, they ran a a four verts concept um, against the Patriots. The Patriots bailed Tampa two middle of the field, wide open. They had had built into the concept a little chip release for Luke Musgrave. He gets 10 yards because Musgrave has unique physical tools for a player his size. So that's, that's part of the game here. If he can avoid the negative plays, this offensive line is elite. One of the five best offensive lines in the league, especially as a pass blocking group. They're one of the five best running groups in the game. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They have been a terrific running game. Forever, This is basically for as long as Aaron Jones has been there. Aaron Jones, a top five all-time back in yards per carry. They were top five in efficiency last year. I think they were third in success rate um, and ninth in EPA per rush. So they have that as a baseline. When you have a good offensive line that can protect, a good running game, and, and they're young at the skill positions, no question about that, but they have a ton of speed. Christian Watson is a four three guy. Romeo Dobbs is a low four-4s guy. Jaden Reed, according to, I think he officially ran in the 4'4s. Packers had him, maybe he was at his pro day at four three nine, 9, according to them. Luke Musgrave ran 6 1, but at 250. And there was a day in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, he was the fastest player on the field. There was a day in training camp practice for the Packers. Luke Musgrave, by their GPS tracking, was the fastest pass catcher that they have. Christian Watson's on the team. He runs four threes and Luke Musgrave was the fastest guy on the field catching passes for them. So that is, I think that's the optimistic case here. If it goes wrong, I think the flip side of that is he just, he, he tries to do too much. He tries to throw too often into coverage. He sees the game pretty well. He gets one to two to three in a hurry. And the coaches have raved about his development in those areas, reading out coverages and, and, and making quick decisions. We saw it in the Eagles game. Um, Ollie Connolly from the read optional wrote this great piece on Jordan love where he talked to some people in green Bay, talked to um, Steve Calhoun, Jordan loves personal quarterback coach. And after the chiefs game, Jordan love was pissed about how he played and it, it fueled him. And he's not a, he's not a fiery guy. He's a very laid back, California cool guy, but he has this side of him that when the lights come on, he's got this competitive fire and, That was new information to us as outsiders who don't know Jordan Love. And so I I think he is someone who is really talented and he works really hard. And there's this great line from Mike Smith who used to be the Packers outside linebackers coach. It was about Rashawn Gary. And it was, give me someone with talent and a work ethic and I'll show you a really good player. Because those are the guys that succeed. If you want to work hard and you have talent, you can be a really good player in the NFL. And I think that's where Jordan Love is. And and that's what Justin Fields has to be. He's got to work on the things that he struggles with. And if he does, he's talented. He's talented. Both of these guys are
1: all right. You brought up Jake Cutler. So let me ask you this, because the way I see it, Jordan Love has one year to prove he's the guy. That's it. He doesn't get two years. He doesn't get three years. That's my opinion. Because if you're the Green Bay Packers, if he struggles a little bit this year, but shows flashes. And if he struggles a little bit and you go, let's say five and 12, six and 11, you're sitting there with that ninth, 10th pick. There are enough quarterbacks in this, that are going to be coming out of this draft beyond Caleb and Drake may that the Green Bay Packers are going to be in a position to pick up a really good quarterback. But if you're like on the fence with love, you know, you know, the bears passing on the number one pick this year. I mean, Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud, they're, 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 good prospects, but I'm, they're, they're not, they're not Caleb Williams, right? They're not, you know, Drake may. I, I don't think anyone puts them in those categories. I think there's other quarterbacks here that look like they're going to emerge. So to me, if Jordan love is Jay Cutler-esque, as a Bears fan, that's the best case scenario for me and here's why because the Packers have been basically going 12 and 4 12 and 5 11 and five 11 and six for you know for 20 years with, with, with Aaron Rodgers and, and in the playoffs every year with Jay Cutler type per, you know production and Packers fans aren't used to this. they've had 32 straight years of, of Favre and, and, and Rodgers. You've got to build a really good team around a Jay Cutler type to to compete. And that isn't even a guarantee that you can win with with that type of quarterback. So for me, that gives an opportunity for Jordan Love to be good enough to commit to, but not necessarily good enough to win with. And it may put the Packers in purgatory. So for me, that's the best case scenario: is that he's Jay Cutler esque. If he's worse, they're probably going to move on. And if he's better, that's a problem because they're going to win too much. So if Jordan Love <laughs> is Jay Cutler esque, is that enough for you? And if he's not. Would you want to take a quarterback next year?
0: It depends on what Jay Cutler esque in this case means for the team. So is he making high level plays and and creating for them and throwing some interceptions? Okay. Like if he's if he throws 25 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, let's say. That's a Jay Cutler season. Yep. That's a Jay Cutler season, right? I think he gets another year. Now it does we have this is a loaded quarterback class. We see that in week one of college football. Who knows what's going to happen? Someone's going to tear their ACL. Someone is going to get hurt. Someone is going to want to transfer. Something is going to happen. The season's not going to go the way that they that they want and they're going to go back to school. Someone else is going to go back to school and suddenly this quarterback class is not going to look the same. I don't think anyone unless Caleb Williams says I don't want to go there, no one's trading the pick for Caleb Williams. They're taking Caleb Williams. And so then it becomes, okay, what does the next group of quarterbacks look like? How many are there? All that stuff. I do think that matters. I agree with you that the worst case scenario for the Packers is, which is also the best case scenario for the bears is that Jordan love has a sort of Daniel Jones type season from last year. I actually think that's so like, and I think Jay Cutler is in that realm of outcomes. It's not Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't put the ball in harm's way, but you, you come out of the season going, Hmm, I don't really know what to make of that. And so like, if he has a Jay Cutler season and they go nine and eight, he'll get another season. If he's a Jay Cutler season and they go six and 11, then you, you start to have that discussion because if they go six and 11, maybe they have the eighth pick and, and maybe they have the jets and the jets, let's say things go weird for them. And they have the 14th pick. And now you have two top 15 picks plus a future first that you can move up and you can get Drake may, or you can get one of these other, the third, the third quarterback in this draft who knows might be awesome. And so that's where it starts to get complicated I think Jordan Love is going to get two seasons almost regardless. I think that they've set this up so that they need to see development. They need to see the high-end outcomes here. They need to see the vision. Can Can we envision this guy growing and becoming our franchise quarterback? If the answer is yes, he gets another year, even if it's not perfect. If the answer is no, then you have to move on. And I think the Bears, frankly, are in a similar position. Like Justin Fields, except... Last year was the, I showed flashes year for Justin Fields. This is the, no, it's me. I'm, I'm the guy that can do this. He has to show that additional jump that that, the Jordan love, let's say in year two, that, that that's what Justin Fields has to show, which is why I think, and speaking of Kyle Brandt, he said this, that's why there's so much pressure on Justin Fields this year, because he has to show it this year. This is his um, year or, or now they have to figure this out at the quarterback position. What they're hoping is they put the offense around him. They added DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert. They have put in what looks like an incredible screen game. If the preseason has anything (laughs) to, to project to the regular season. And so that'll be interesting to see, like, what if a bunch of the offense in the passing game for the bears or the Packers is the other guys, how do you parse that? How do you evaluate that? And I think that's like, frankly, if I were the Giants, I would have said Daniel Jones. No, too much of this was Brian Dayball being an awesome coach and Saquon Barkley being Saquon Barkley. That's it. I don't I don't think Daniel Jones is special. I wouldn't have given him 140 million dollars. That's just me. Um, They're going to have to figure that out. And that's going to be the interesting question all season long to follow with these two teams. How much are you driving the bus and how much are you a passenger on the bus? And that's going to be what ultimately determines the future of these two quarterbacks.
1: I, I can't, I can't argue with that statement, so I won't. But uh, before, before we get to the bet, I just want to ask you one last thing. And that's Matt LaFleur, because mm. I'm curious where Packers fans and and where Packers media is on LaFleur, because for, I'll, I'll bring up Luke Getzey. I know it's head coach, but same thing. We're talking offenses. So with Luke Getzey, I think Bears fans are on the fence right now. I think they liked what they saw. They liked it more than what Nagy and, and, and his, you know, group of offensive coordinators put together. So they liked it. It's an improvement, but there's still some philosophical questions and some things there that, you know, and again, was that due to personnel? Was that due to, you know, limitations? We'll find out this year. So it's also a big year for Luke Getze. Matt LaFleur comes into a season where he does not have Aaron Rodgers. And that cannot be understated because Aaron Rodgers, as we know, was an additional offensive coach out on the field. Is are is everyone comfortable with LaFleur, or is this a prove-it year for LaFleur as well?
0: No, they they will move on from Jordan Love before they move on from Matt LaFleur. It will not be Matt LaFleur's fault if Jordan Love does not succeed this year. That being said, I think Matt LaFleur, and I've said this on Locked On Packers, has the chance to elevate himself in the coaching um ranks if you will or just the the narrative around him he has the chance to elevate it this season because if if Jordan Love goes out and is good forget awesome just good then all of the well he has Aaron Rodgers we don't know how good a coach he is stuff goes out the window agreed and if you go back and look there's he actually quietly has a ton of pedigree with coaches he was the the quarterback's coach for Robert Griffin when when he was the rookie offensive coordinator Um, and then you go to LA. He was, well, before you go to LA in, in Atlanta, he was the quarterback's coach for Matt Ryan when he was the MVP. Then he goes to LA and with Sean McVay turns Jared Goff from the worst quarterback we've ever seen into a pro bowl caliber player. And so you can say, okay, he has Sean McVay in LA. He has Kyle Shanahan in uh, Atlanta and then Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan in Washington. But then he comes to green Bay and Aaron Rodgers had not had a 13 win season since 2011 and they have 3 in a row. He had not won an MVP since 2014. He wins back to back. At a certain point you can't say, "Oh, it was everyone else" when all he does is goes and has success as a coach. And and the worst, quote unquote, worst season that he had as a coordinator was when he had a, a an average offense with Marcus Mariota who had no working nerves in his right elbow in his throwing elbow. And it was the best completion percentage Marcus Mariota has ever had since. He's been a worst player ever since Matt LaFleur left. So I think Matt LaFleur with Jordan Love has a chance to go, no, no, I'm driving the bus. This is my team. This is my offense with Jordan Love. And I am one of the best schemers. I know I'm not the shiny new object, but I'm just as good, if not better, than Mike McDaniel. I know that, that you know I haven't won in the postseason the way Kyle Shanahan is but I'm as good as Kyle Shanahan as an offensive mind. Now, who knows? I don't know if he is actually, but this is his opportunity to show that he can be in that conversation. I think he should have won coach of the year in 2019. I said that at the time. I think it's still true. I thought he should have won coach of the year uh, in 2021. This is the year for him. If the Packers win 10 games and Jordan Love looks good, I think he should win coach of the year. And I, he will He will say, he will cement himself as a top Five top eight coach in the NFL, or at least an offensive mind, because this team was in shambles. Like Bill, I, I think it's it's easy to miss if you were a Bears fan because you were just enjoying it. How toxic Green Bay had gotten by the end of the Mike McCarthy era. That 2018 season was a disaster. And well,
1: that, that article that came out was pretty eye opening. There were a couple articles
0: ordered, that came out about how dysfunctional things were there. And Matt Lafleur, even Aaron Rodgers credited Matt Lafleur. In a veteran-laden team, completely changed the culture. Billy Turner came on my show and talked about it, unprompted. Said Matt Lafleur walked in day one and said, "You guys have been doing it a certain way here. You're going to do it my way now." And everyone in the room was bought in from that first meeting. That takes a lot. Like these guys, I, like I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but go ahead. You, you're like you can't bullshit these guys. They have been bullshitted their entire lives by coaches. And assistant coaches, you know, like th- all they hear is bullshit, and and these cliched things. And Matt LaFleur has that sort of magnetism that that he can do that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Matt Lafleur does when he gets to hold the reins a little bit tighter. I think this is what he was brought in to do—to be a teacher. And I think it's it's really it's really um gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. No. And I think that's what makes this game in these seasons for both teams so compelling. Is is I think for the first time in a long time is. Both fan bases don't really know what they have with their team, yeah, and, and they're they're merging here in Week One, and there's going to be some serious overreactions with whatever happens here on, on, on Week One. So let's let's wrap up with this because you know I, I think a lot of fans uh, saw this because. There, I still am receiving tweets about it, you know, regularly. And that is a, a little wager that that you did agree to on, on Twitter slash X. So I want to kind of go over it and go over the parameters. I don't remember what you tweeted out, but you tweeted out some Justin Fields troll something or other. And it got <laughs> enough to me. You got me to respond. And, and I responded. We went back and forth a couple of times. And I basically said, all right, put your money where your mouth is. And you said, I'll only do it if it's EPA per play.
0: Well, I wanted it to be a rate stat just, just so we could be fair because like Justin Fields plays 15 games. He hasn't pleased yet to play a full season. You know, Jordan, I don't, I didn't want it to be like a technicality like that because that's, I, I don't think that's the spirit of the debate. Like the question isn't who's going to stay healthier. Right. So more yards, more touch. Like I didn't want to do Yeah, that. I didn't I want to say more yards total touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I wanted and, to and that's staff. fine.
1: So you said EPA per play. I said, all right, let's do it. And here was my suggestion for, the, the wager was I, I'm not interested in trying to make money off this. I don't think you are either, but I'm always for making monies for charities. Yeah. So uh, the winner, you know, love, obviously you're the winner fields. I'm the winner for EPA per play for the full season. If it's, if it's love a charity of your choice, I donate to, if it's fields charity of my choice that you donate to yes. plus a, 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 a admission of love of the other team, on Twitter a video that's posted to your Twitter account professing your love for Justin Fields and the Bears yes. or me professing my love for Jordan Love and the Packers. So I think the only thing left is, is exactly how much you want to put down for the charity donation. I suggested 100 to $500. I'm fine anywhere in that mix. Uh, you know, 500 is a little steep, but I'll, I'll make it happen over the course of the season. So wh- where are you with that? Where, where do you want to put it? Uh,
0: look, let's do – let's do, Here's the, here's here's what we'll do. Let's do 100, but I'll, I'll just say this for me, and I don't want to take the skin out of the bet, but if Justin Fields, if Jordan Love wins, and you have to donate, I'll, and we do 100, I'll match 100. Just right. for charity, just for charity. So you'll win, you'll win the bet, I'll still do the Twitter, but I just want to, I'll, I'll still, I'll, I'll donate as well. Just so, just so we're, just because I think that that's important. All right, well, how about this then? 200 to 100. Okay. Loser donates
1: 100. You know, well, cool. loser donates 200, winner do donates 100. It. Let's do it. So it's a 300 total, total donation. Let's do it. All right. There it is. It's set in stone. Parameters for this year EPA per play, love versus fields, Zimmerman versus Bukowski. Peter, I love it. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun all season long at peter underscore Bukowski. Of course, locked on Packers. Check out his most recent. Uh, episode there with kay adams per defending the bears so bears fans make sure you check that out peter thanks for the great conversation we'll talk to you soon thanks bill right there he is peter pukowski and he i'll give him credit he put his money where his mouth is epa per play i i look i i wouldn't do epa per play on this because you get justin i get justin fields legs in this bet i get fields legs jordan Love gonna be running around like justin fields now on the other side of that, sacks will come into this, so we need Justin to be a little, little smarter with the football back there, not take quite as many sacks. If he does that, I think I'm going to be in really good shape for this, for this wager here. So this will be a lot of fun. We'll see where this ends up, and we're going to get a taste of it here in just a few days. Packers Bears Week One. At least it's in Chicago this time. We're so used to that first game of the year being in Lambeau because the, you know, they they love Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. But Rodgers is gone. I've, I've made my cases as to why I'm nervous, but, you know, optimistic to a degree here. So we're, we're going to see. This is crazy how much buildup there has been to this game, an entire offseason. And like I said, the Aaron Rodgers excuse is gone. The Bears have to perform. The the, the, the gamblers, they're all putting money on Green Bay. We keep seeing that... that, that uh, Point spread ticked down three, two, now it's at one. So I don't know it's going to be pick them by game time. I don't think so. I think the Bears will stay the favorite. But this is a toss-up game because I think Vegas and I think gamblers, they don't really know what's going on here. You know, they, they know what the Packers supporting cast. They know the Bears supporting cast. But this is really coming down to the quarterbacks. And who is Justin Fields? Is Fields making that leap this year? Who is Jordan Love? the guy that they drafted and pissed off Aaron Rodgers when they did it and almost wrecked their, their their franchise quarterback relationship. I mean, it soured eventually, but they still did get a couple more MVP seasons out of him. So this... Everything feels like it's on the line here, and that's the thing. I understand it's a Bears-Packers, it's a rivalry game, you want the Bears to win. It's literally just one game out of 16, or 17 weeks, 17 games, 18 weeks. It's the first game of the season. There is a whole lot of time. 2018, shall we remember that the Bears, you you remember it positively because Khalil Mack terrorized the Green Bay Packers, but 2018, the Bears literally lost that opening game of the season, and then just rolled the rest of the year. So there is a lot that can happen after this game. So if the Bears do stumble here against the Packers, it's not over, folks. So don't feel like it's going to be over on the season. So as I do, we finish the podcast with a prediction. And for that prediction, I I, I, I don't know. I I just don't know what to do with this because, you know, and I've said this, you just wait for the Bears to bear it up and you you just, you build your hopes up and they crumble and you build your hopes up and they crumble. And that is the life of being a Chicago Bears fan. But if I chose the Packers to win this game in the first post Aaron Rodgers game, I I, I just, I, I couldn't live with myself as a Bears fan. So Maybe this is heart, maybe this is brains because my heart is literally telling me to do the opposite because of years and years of Chris Conte and Caleb Haney and, and every other just Randall Cobb streaking and, and, and every just, ah, year after year after year. But this is, it. it's going to be close. I, I cannot say the Bears are going to blow them out and I can't see Jordan Love thrown for four touchdowns and wiping the floor with the Bears. So I'm going to go. That the Chicago Bears, with a, an offense that looks pretty damn good, score 24 points and hold Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers to 20. 24 to 20, the Chicago Bears start another season 1 and 0, but hopefully they don't finish the season 2 and 14 like they did last year. We'll see if I'm right. Man out, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Adios.